0: Gun Sports Radio is
1: sponsored by Love Radio Network.
2: Welcome to Gun Sports Radio. All about shooting, hunting, self-defense, and more. Now, here are the hosts of Gun Sports Radio, Dave Stahl and Lance Belkey. All
1: right, folks, welcome. You are listening to Gun Sports Radio, broadcasting from behind enemy lines, show 97. He's smiling. GunSportsRadio.com. You can find us there. Facebook. Just go to GunSportsRadio. And uh, we want to thank Gun Range San Diego for all their massive support. 7853 Balboa Avenue, 10 to 10, seven days a week. Unbelievable. Family, family, family organization. They love first-time shooters.
2: Since day one.
1: Since Since day one. Actually, day two. That's (laughs) when they hired Hollywood. When they hired Hollywood, everything went positive thegunrangesandiego.com the dot com, dot com. Make sure you check them out. Well, last night you got a mouthful of water. How the heck you doing? doing? I'm doing terrific. How are you doing, Dave? Just kicking chickens. What's up? Well, we got a full uh, a full load today. Got my Mister Schwartz got- in the house. You got Hollywood. You got your better half. Oh, we got Mrs. Pelkey in the house. I'm just some. We got the youngest
2: mayor ever. I know. And does he, he look? House.
1: Does he not look like he's from Coronado? Hey, he, he does. <laughs> Flip flops, white sunglasses, she a Hawaiian shirt, blue eyes, eyes of blue. No singing. I know. If he, if Don't start he singing him he on he it. is Very handsome. All right. With that being said, well, this is Mr. Schwartz's segment. How are you today, sir?
3: Fantastic. Couldn't be better. And yes, uh, Mayor of Coronado, Richard Bailey, he's my special guest. Yep. I don't know if, uh, if any of you guys heard, but we had an election Tuesday. Did we? Yep. I got my sticker. We voted. <laughs> good. I voted. I voted. We're good. And I thought uh, it was a real good idea to do a little recap on some of the local election uh, uh, news. Results. And uh, the smartest guy I know in politics is uh, Richard Bailey, so I invited him to in to talk a little bit about the election. Yeah, he's brought paper and pens, a he's laptop. Prepared. He's prepared. He's prepared.
1: He's prepared. He's everything. Hey. I'm prepared. <laughs> this is not a prepared show, except for Lance. <laughs> Come on. Lance is the one that keeps <laughs> the glue of
3: all of us together. Yeah. So, Richard, uh, what, what are your impressions in general? Before we get into specifics, what are your impressions in general about what happened on Tuesday?
0: Yeah, I think if you if you uh, you know read a lot of the news articles leading into Tuesday, the big question out there was whether or not you'd see whether or not you'd continue to experience the blue wave that was happening mm-hmm. around the country. Uh, leading up until Tuesday, you saw about fifty state house con- and other congressional races flip uh, since Trump took office, mm-hmm. and so the question was whether or not that would continue. Into uh, over in California on Tuesday. And what you saw really was just kind of a mixed bag uh, because of California's top two primary uh, situation now. Talk about that. The top two primary means. Yeah, so. It uh, could mean anything. Could mean anything, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody could be there. Anyone could be there, um, regardless of party affiliation. So, beginning back in 2010, uh, the state law was changed. And now our primary system, instead of allowing one candidate from each political party to advance to the general election in November, it is simply the top two vote-getters, regardless of party affiliation, advance to November. And so you saw a lot of congressional races in the state of California where the Democrat Party was a bit nervous that their candidates would split the vote so much Mm -hmm. that you might have situations where you'd have two Republicans advance to the general election essentially locking out Democrats from uh, what would be pickup opportunities in those seats. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. There's a couple opportunities where Republicans might have been locked out, and we actually were locked out of a state here, or excuse me, of a state house race here in San Diego that I'll touch on in a little bit. Uh, But yeah, all in all, it was a mixed bag. Democrats were, uh, I think, pleased that they didn't get locked out of any congressional races, and Republicans were pleased that we have a candidate that is uh, going to be running in uh, for the governor's race beginning in November. So all right, so let's get into it.
3: What are some what are what's a talk about some specific races? What what are some upsets? What's a particularly interesting race or a sleeper race? Or you know, in San Diego County, what's what's something that's going to have a big impact on us? What's what's uh, what's the first one that comes to mind?
0: Yeah, you know, I think the first one that comes to mind is uh, ISIS seat. So the 49th congressional district up in primarily North County of San Diego and also parts of Orange Mm -hmm. County as well. That was a race where Republicans did have a chance because there's three real credible candidates uh, that were Republicans that they could have locked out uh, the Democrat candidates. Uh, You saw Board of Equalization member Diane Harkey actually advanced. She's a Republican, so she finished at the top of that ticket. And then you had a real competitive race on the Democrat side, three candidates, Sarah Jacob, uh, Mike Levin and Doug Applegate. That came in second, third, and fourth. They there is a real, real tight fight for number for the second spot there. So you were fortunate. Republicans are fortunate. They have one candidate, Diane Harkey, advancing. Uh, but when you start looking at the numbers, what jumps out is that if you go back to June of 2014, Isa carried that that election, uh, that primary election, roughly 60 percent to 40 percent against his Democrat counterpart. In June of 2016, Isa won 48 to 48. Or excuse me won about 40.5% to 48% uh, against uh, Applegate in that particular election in the June election. And then in 2018, right, so this past Tuesday, Republicans only garnered 45% of the vote, and Democrats carried about 50% of the June vote. So uh, if you're a a Republican, that's a big swing from getting back just until 2014. What do you attribute that to? I attribute that to a few things. You see, you did see probably better voter turnout on the Democrats uh, from Democratic voters, so and the Republicans, then the Republicans, the complacent ones, exactly. And that's typically what you see uh, in midterm elections that the party in power, you know, with with the White House, tends not to do so well in the midterms. Uh, the big question was whether or not you'd have that big blue wave come sweep across uh, California, and like I said, it was a bit of a mixed bag. But this is one of those races that if there really had been a big blue wave you might have seen two democrats advance to the general election in this particular seat you didn't see that but uh the 49th congressional district is going to be a great pickup opportunity for democrats republicans are going to have to pull out all the stops to hold on to that seat yeah.
3: and part of that is in orange county
0: it is which yeah. is
3: probably really the only reason that republicans are holding holding on as, as strongly as they are is because uh most of the republican presence is in orange county is that is that accurate yeah
0: I can't remember the exact voter breakdown, but Orange County is a Republican stronghold and the Orange County Republican voters will have to really come out, uh, beat expectations for voter turnout uh, if Republicans are going to hold on to the seat.
3: Because Rocky Chavez, who came in like fifth. Yep. Right?
0: Rocky Thank came God. in fifth. He came, he in, came fifth. in fifth.
3: Okay, so he was leading in 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 the polling when they did surveys, what, a month ago?
0: He was. So uh, dating back to around... Um, March or even April of 2018 once this race started taking shape and you saw who all the candidates were going to be on both the Republican side and the Democrat side uh, Rocky Chavez and Doug Applegate were polling one and two uh, those were the you know the early on front runners for for uh, uh, both parties there and then it ended up being Doug Applegate and Rocky Chavez finishing fourth and fifth so
3: why do you think uh, Harkey and the number two is Levin,
0: Levin. Why do you think those two won? So I think those two won uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, Rocky Chavez, he, he came into the race with really big name ID. So a lot of Republicans, especially in North County, San Diego, had heard of him. So that gave him the early leg up. But Republicans did a – or excuse me, Diane Harkey and Kristen Gaspar uh, did a good job of taking some of Rocky's more controversial votes. that were uh, you know, more, more liberal than, they, than conservative They took those votes, and they were able to attack him on those and really drive down his favorable ratings. Um, And also, Diane Harkey got the Republican endorsement, and that meant a lot to uh, Republican voters when you're just simply looking at, hey, who should I check that box next to? Well, I have the Republican voter guide here. I see they've endorsed Diane. So if I know nothing about the other candidates, I'm going to go with the candidate that they endorsed. Have you
1: read the ballot? You can't make heads or tails. Who are these people? I mean,
2: you know, the general public really don't know. Right. Well, well, that's why it's so important to have people like Mike right. Schwartz in your corner who does all no, the homework. No, no,
1: no. He needs to move to Alpine because his <laughs> ballot was different than my ballot. I'm okay. trying to get him in Coronado personally, <laughs> and, and I'm still lost when I, you know, when it comes to filling. This it guy up.
2: does the most homework. He has the most know. knowledge. He oh, lays okay. it out for everybody. Well, next we time, that's stop, why it's important to be. Hey, able, stop fighting. There's enough for me to go,
3: next go around. Time, you got to do Alpine. Yeah, because okay. I'm still so confused. <laughs> so, did, did Levin get the Democrat endorsement, or what did they do? Do you remember?
0: Uh, so that was actually a um, you had a lot of anxiety on the Democrat side for hey, who should we actually get behind and endorse? Uh, Sarah Jacobs is you know part of the family for the Irwin Jacobs, uh, you know Qualcomm founder, and so, so they didn't want to they don't want to make
3: any money. Mad is that what I'm? Is I that think what I'm so, reading yeah. between you, the lines there? You, you, had, know what
0: you had a very contentious primary on the Democrat side. In fact, there was an effort made by both the Republican Party and the Democrat Party to try to narrow their own field to increase the likelihood that they'd have two members of the same party advancing right. in November.
3: So, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Wait, wait, Before you do that, save that thought. Okay. Can you put him on the spot? Well, well, we let let me ask a question real quick. How big a mistake was it for Gaspar to run for Congress?
1: Hold that thought till we come back right here on Gun Sports Radio. AIM <laughs> 1170, The Answer. welcome back. You are listening to Gun Sports Radio right here on AM 1170. I'm Dave. He's Lance. He's Lance, kind of. And this yeah. segment is brought to you by Trident Gunsmithing. Are you into hunting? Well, let me tell you what. Trident Gunsmithing's got great hunting classes. They even have classes to teach you how to uh, cook what you shoot. So if you're out there hunting deer, elk, moose, they've got cooking classes. To help you uh, get through that as well. They also have great specials on uh, hunting equipment, rifles, pistols, shotguns, you name it. Trident Gunsmithing is your one stop shop. And Dave, they Dave. also do seracoding. They're seracoding one of the sisters for me. Well, they're always seracoding so one of your sisters. You got it. They, your they whole family's going to be sericoting. The they, they so. all rifle. they
2: yeah. that one. Yeah.
1: They do everything. Right. Yep. TridentGunsmithing.com. TridentGunsmithing.com. <laughs> also hey june 30th is a deadline and it's fast approaching why is that important to you well if you own an ar-15 you really want to pay attention so guess what you got to stay within the systems california com- uh, compliant so go to www.crossarmory.com that's cross c-r-o-s-s armory.com for all the parts to make your ar-15 or ar-10 compliant because if you lose or snooze you will lose. Mm-hmm. That's cross armory at www.crossarmory.com for the best and easiest to use compliant parts. Simple to install. That's www.crossarmory.com. Would they help you install it if you don't know how to install it? They have a video. You can go with They have uh, YouTube yeah. videos that you can do well, in 30 yeah, seconds. They
2: have them on YouTube or whatever. But trust me, if, if I can put it on my 300 Blackout, you can put it on anything you got. That's true, because you're scary. Hey, and normally John Dillon calls in from
1: Gatsky Dillon & Balance LLP. But I don't know. His wife's got him doing something. I don't know. It's another honeydew for the kid. But he's a great family man. And if you ever need help... When it comes to legal aspects, Dylan is the man. All you got to do is go to CAFirearmsLaw.com, CAFIRARMSLAW.com. You can ask questions or you can call him if you don't have a computer, 760 431 9501. Nothing John likes better than to keep you safe and out of trouble. He is there to help you any way, shape, or form. Just tell him you heard it right here on Gun Sports Radio. And to that end, real quick, Dave. Um, We'll do a promo for him because he was going to talk about this uh, Senate bill or uh, Assembly bill rather, twenty three eighty two, what has to do with your parts of an AR going to be coming, you know, all regulated stuff like that. Well, so well, we have an expert. Yeah, we got so, Richard Bailey. Right. He answers all questions. I mean, he. You know, I bet we can just keep throwing them at him and throwing them at him. No, I'm not going to make any
0: promises that the answers are correct. Well, I will
1: oh, there you it. go. But
0: well, we're so glad he's we, here to cover all. got
2: a cliffhanger at the end of the last segment. Let's hear that.
3: One. Yeah. And what was that question again, Michael? <laughs> so we had. Uh, uh, she was the mayor of Encinitas. She's now on the board of supervisors. Um, it, do you feel like uh, it was a mistake for her to run for run for Congress? I mean, she got buried. She didn't come anywhere near, uh, you know, a victory in that. Um, and she was, you know, she got on the board of supervisors, basically saying, "Hey, look, this is an investment in me to keep the board of supervisors Republican." And then she ran for Congress. You know, and the seat wasn't even warm yet. How big a mistake is that for for a uh, politician to do that?
0: Sure, I, I think in, in Supervisor Gaspar's case, time will tell. I, there are there's the there's the conventional wisdom that um, that you're investing in the seat if you're a donor. You're not investing in the politician. And in many ways, I kind of want to take my hat off to Kristen because she didn't wait for a safe opportunity where something was going to be handed to her to run. And I right. think it's incumbent upon all candidates that if you genuinely feel that you are the best qualified to represent uh, that constituency, then you have an obligation to go for it. Now. Mm. Whether or not the voters thought she was the best candidate at that time, well, I think they answered that on Tuesday, but I, I fully expect that the donors, the supporters, the volunteers, and the voters will be there for her come uh, 2020 if she decides to run for re-election.
3: So what was the biggest mistake that you saw in uh, in the election, or the biggest regret?
0: Sure, I would say you know the, the biggest disappointment on the right side of the political aisle here locally in San Diego is without a doubt... Uh, the state assembly seat, state assembly seat uh, for the 76th Assembly District. That is mostly North County of San Diego. So that's like Encinitas. Encinitas, Oceanside, Carlsbad, Vista. And the reason it was such a disappointment is because, remember, the California top two primary system, you can have two candidates of the same party affiliation advance to the November election. This was a seat where Republicans... We're almost guaranteed to have at least one candidate advance to the November election. We had Republicans had three strong candidates running in that seat uh, in that in that race. You had Phil Graham, who's a successful businessman, also the stepson of former Governor Pete Wilson. You had Amanda Rigby, who is a, a really well liked and well respected uh, council member from Vista, and you also had Mo Meir who's a school board member up in North County, we'll, really well liked and respected as well. So those were considered to be the top three candidates running. On the Democrat side, you had. Encinitas Councilwoman uh, Tasha Horvath. And then you also had a candidate named Elizabeth Warren, who, of course, bears the same name as uh, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. Oh. Mm-hmm. No one was expecting the Democrats to, to get the top two uh, positions in this race. Wow. And they did. And they did. Dating back to t- June of 2020, uh, June of 2012, Republicans ran for the seat unopposed in 2012, 2014, and 2016. Unopposed. They captured 100% of the vote Whoa. in each June election. And this is the seat that it was vacated by Rocky Chavez, the current assembly member who went on to run for uh, Daryl Isaac's congressional seat. So that created a real competitive um, election season for around this seat. You saw those two Democrat candidates advance, essentially, which locks out Republican any Republican from a chance to so, carry that so seat. So, in Republican.
3: November, there is not going to be a Republican on the ballot. It's there's going to be two Democrats
0: in that seat. That's right. And that is by far the biggest disappointment on the Republican side yep. of the aisle. And
1: wouldn't that be due to lack of turnout on the Republican side?
0: It, it's a combination of probably a lack of turnout, uh, or excuse me, at least Democrats exceeding the turnout um, in that particular race. That race. Uh, actually, that particular seat leans Republican just based on voter registration, but very narrowly. What benefited the Democrats in the seat is that they only had two candidates running and they essentially had 50 percent of the vote. So right. they split that vote perfectly. Even Republicans had a total of five candidates running, but really only three were credible. And so they essentially split the other half of the vote and that right. allowed those two Dems to, to advance. They couldn't have done it better if they if they planned it. They couldn't have. I mean, there's there's. Hardly any votes that separate those two Democrat uh, candidates.
1: Well, isn't California, it's not really Democrat and Republican anymore? It's gotten very fractured. You're starting to see more and more just, you know, different parties. And I, doesn't that sort of
0: add to the to the problem as well? You're seeing a lot of different parties. And actually in the state of California, um, people that do not register with a party affiliation now exceed uh, Republican registered voters mm-hmm. in the entire state. So you right. have the Democrats... Uh, non-party-preferent people, so independents, and then you also have Republican voters who are now the the third place in terms of voter uh, registration. So the
3: two two biggest races, uh, two of the biggest races in the county was sheriff and district attorney. Right. And district attorney was uh, an open seat uh, really. I mean, it, they, it was an appointed district attorney and then a, uh, a challenger uh, because uh, Bonnie Dumanis stepped down early. Um, so it was kind of up for grabs. It was anybody's seat, really, but only two people ran. What, what's, what are your thoughts on, on the way that, that turned out? And who won that, for people who don't know? Summer Steffen, the district attorney, the Republican.
0: Summer Steffen, yeah. So a little background on this particular seat. Uh, Bonnie Dumanis, who was the former district attorney, had been in that seat for many, many Ever. years. Yep, for Forever. Uh, decided to step down from that position position so she could focus on running for uh, county supervisor in District 4 to replace Supervisor Ron Roberts. That created a vacancy, and the county board of supervisors appointed her successor in Summer Steffen, who had been with the DA's office for many years, very well liked, very well respected by everyone within the DA's office. And so then Summer then continued to campaign for the next several months leading up to Election Day, and she had an opponent, Genevieve Jones-Wright, and Genevieve was a, is a public defender. She had virtually zero experience actually prosecuting cases. And the reason this race got so much attention, even from outside media, outside San Diego market, is because you saw a lot of outside money, namely from George Soros, flood into this seat to try to bolster Genevieve Jones-Wright campaign. Um, he pulled it out rather quickly. I I heard he pulled it out. He pulled out his money about two weeks before the uh, before Tuesday's election, and my guess is that they were hoping by dumping a bunch of money in, I believe it total nearly a million dollars, that they would see the polls narrow and they would see Genevieve have a shot at surpassing Summer. Um, they that ended up not happening it wasn't even close. It wasn't We're even, even close. close, and that's why they probably pulled out the money about two weeks before. They weren't seeing that gap narrow leading into election day, so they decided to take that money out and probably spend it somewhere else.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a San Diego County gun owners endorsed uh, uh, Summer. Mm-hmm. We're real, real happy with her Second Amendment views. But something that I don't think a lot of people know, uh, her opponent actually asked for San Diego County gun owners' endorsement. And uh, you know, we met with her and talked to her, and you know, did our homework. Nice but, lady, but nice lady. But Summer Steffen, head and shoulders above when it comes to her not, Second Amendment views.
0: Not even close. This not is even close. you asked about the biggest disappointment earlier. Um, that was definitely the 76th assembly district. The biggest, uh, the biggest victory for the San Diego County right now. If you know, if you believe in law enforcement, if you believe in law and order, without a doubt, Summer Steffen was the biggest victory for right. San Diego County that night. Well, but no. here's
3: what's crazy. The Brady organization ended up endorsing Genevieve the week before the uh, yeah. uh, the election, which I, I couldn't believe. I, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that they look to see who we like and then just pick the other person. Yeah, I, I don't they think they, they do know. any research at all. Probably not. <laughs> so what about Sheriff? I was going to say, so the sheriff, (laughs) (laughs) so the the other interesting thing about the sheriff is that, uh, you know, I don't know if you agree with me, Richard, but the sheriff and the district attorney on both sides kind of ran as a slate. They kind of ran together, Yeah, But, but the voting turnout was very, very different.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And I'm not exactly sure the reason why on that, um, so Sheriff Gore, the incumbent sheriff running for reelection against uh, Dave Myers, Sheriff Gore ended up with about 55 percent of the vote compared to Myers, 44 percent of the vote, which is a 44 percent of the vote is a really good showing for a challenger against um, a, an incumbent mm-hmm. um, and, and a relatively popular incumbent at that. Obviously, he has uh, CCW policies that um, we don't he like he has yeah, a policy are not are not favorable uh, for 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 many. Um and I think that's probably why you saw Dave Myers have some success there. Such a boost, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you had you definitely had the Democrat Party, um, to a large degree, but not entirely, line up behind Dave Myers. And you also saw you probably saw some Republican voters vote for Dave Myers as well because of Sheriff Gore's CCW policy. Whereas on the District Attorney race with Summer Steffen, Summer was really able to gather not just Republican voters but pull in a ton. Of Democrat voters as well, and I think that just speaks to Summers' uh, professionalism and the amount of, that people respect her on both sides of the aisle. And, and
1: Genevieve's lack of experience, really, when you she came to KUSI, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm watching
0: it on the monitor, and I, my jaw it was dropped. I, I think the bottom line is Genevieve wasn't qualified for that no, position. Just in, in my opinion.
2: no, I, I totally agree. Quick, go to your segment. Dave didn't pull a lot of Republicans because of his CCW policy. He pulled a lot of Republicans because of San Diego County gun owners. Because when he got that endorsement. Oh, oh, oh that I agree. Yeah. I mean it I was think that because, was a big boost. Yeah, because uh, the Republicans weren't looking at it, it, it one way or another. But when, when San Diego County gun owners endorses the candidate,
3: Well, it makes a difference. Endorsements are important, don't you agree? Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. I think that uh, he would have gotten more uh, of those voters, but we were so successful getting Gore to change his CCW policies. For at least a week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, we're going to go ahead and take a small break.
1: You're listening to Gun Sports Radio. We are behind enemy lines right here on AM 1170, The Answer. Okay, hey, welcome back. You're listening to Guns Sports Radio right here on AM 1170. The answer, and I really uh, want to thank Lance and uh, Michael for lining up Richard Bailey, Mayor Coronado. I mean, this, man, he just... I'm going to have to fire fire one of you guys. Hey, come on. (laughs) Hey, do you have or any of you going to get a CCW? Well, it's going to be tougher than you thought. But that's okay if you snag it. You and your family need to be safe. And the best way to do that, firearmslegal.com. For $10 a month, you can't even buy lunch for $10. You you and your family can be protected 24-7. Mike, Lance, and I have done it firearmslegal.com you can call them at 469-310-9100 be proactive not reactive don't wait until you're in trouble and you can't make that call make that call first and then if you don't get in trouble that's a bonus but if you do you got 24-hour hotline and legal representation waiting for you at firearmslegal.com all right well we're coming up to Hollywood segment but folks everybody sit down grab something solid He's giving up a portion of his segment. I can't believe uh, that Joe is doing that. <laughs> oh, no, we're not going to let him do that, right? We're going to let him do his thing, and then we'll bring we'll Mr. Come Bailey back. on. Yeah, okay. we're good. Yeah, yeah I, knew, I, I knew that phone call was coming in. <laughs> hey, this segment is brought to you by Gun Range San Diego, the Nordstroms of Gun Ranges, 7853 Balboa Avenue, seven days a week, 10 to 10. Go to GunRangeSanDiego.com. You will see anything and everything you need there. You want to get a CCW? They got a school. You want to learn how to shoot? They got schools. You need to get some safety training. They got that. You need to try out 27,000 different weapons. They got most of them. You know, you need ammo. They got that. You need clean ranges. They got that. You need a bathroom. They even got that, too. Need a little comedy. You got to wait till Joe comes (laughs) in. Hollywood, that would be. So with that being seven gun range, San Diego. Remember, it is the Nordstrom's of gun ranges, just not the price.
3: Well, what are you up to there, sunshine? Oh, what you I, was, I was just going to say, speaking of CCW, you we were just talking about Gun Range San Diego is having a seminar tomorrow night. We are having went, a seminar. A party?
2: tomorrow Is it tomorrow? T-
3: tomorrow night, the
1: 11th. Monday night, oh, Okay, yeah.
2: Monday. Okay, cool. Excuse me. First of two, right? You work there. Yes. He doesn't. I you should well, know I, that. I, couldn't remember. I knew it was a day after I worked that I had to come in, so I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was uh, oh, Monday that's or that's how that goes. No, but we're having a seminar. You come in. San Diego County Gun Owners is going to give a seminar. We are a proud sponsor of San Diego County Gun Owners. We are so proud that uh, we can just be even affiliated with such a great organization that has made such an impact in San Diego County. And so they're going to come in and help you, me, and anyone else you know take that first step to getting a CCW.
3: That's right. We're going to go over over basically how to apply the process and, and procedure to how to apply. And then uh, we're going to talk a lot about how to – what they're looking for in a good cause statement. Right. That's really what we're going to talk a lot about. And we're going to give you some tools to help. And there's there's two seminars. One's at six. One's at eight. Yep. And uh, I think there's – there it's filling up, but I think there's still room. And There's uh, still
2: room. And you know what? If you, if you went to the website and it uh, – It's full at uh, com. Just show up. We'll make room. We've never turned anyone away ever. And we're going to make sure you get all the information you need.
3: Yeah, I really – my goal at that seminar is to make sure that everybody understands how to apply so it's not intimidating. And uh, I want to make I want to get everybody to about about eighty percent. You know, they they pretty much know what their good cost statement is going to be. They know how to how to write it, what to talk about, um, so they can go home, make the appointment, go through the process, and be successful. We'll see how
2: well it works on the eight. Nineteenth, when I make my when I have my first interview, you have your first interview on the nineteenth, on the nineteenth.
3: So I got to tell you, since the changes in September, not one person has been turned down due to good cause.
2: Well, you know, we we're just talking about the election results and things like that, and uh, I, my my hats off to Dave Meyer for running a a wonderful campaign, very clean, no mudslinging, anything like that. Dave was a, a, a genuine, stand up, straight arrow kind of guy. But I tell you what, uh, none of this would have been possible. Dave Myers even getting close to that 40 something percent. Nobody getting their CCW if it was not for San Diego County gun owners. Right. And again, I just can't say how much we are so proud to be a sponsor of San Diego County gun owners at uh, the Gun Range San Diego.
3: Absolutely. A big part of San Diego County gun owners. We're proud to have you on board.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to take a break real quick talking about politics, and we're going to get down into some nitty gritty about uh ar builds you know we are uh dylan even put a thing out about some of these some of the changes that are coming around what makes an ar legal what makes an ar not legal right you know and a lot of people think ar stands for assault rifle but believe it or not it stands for army, army rifle, rifle. armor light rifle Armolite was a subsidiary of the Fairchild Aircraft Corporation. That's why we started using aluminum to make rifles. Uh, Nobody was doing that before. It it, it took an aircraft corporation. (laughs) And uh, Mr. Stoner, Eugene Stoner, a former Marine, I might add, like myself, Mm -hmm. uh, started designing the AR platform. And uh, they came out with the AR-15. They started out with the AR-10 that came out first because it, they wanted to use the same NATO round that the M-14 was using. Mm-hmm. But they decided it was just too much wear and tear on the on the weapon using the lightweight aluminum material. And then they came out with the 223, uh 5.56. And the AR or Armalite rifle was born. Mm. And it was born with a 20-inch barrel with a one and fourteen twist. Now what does that
1: mean?
2: Hmm. Oh yeah, we were gonna
1: talk about this, we were talk twist. About, right? but you crashed your motorcycle <laughs> and we never did find
2: <laughs> out. I, it was a hit and run. Thank uh, you for the guy from Robertson's concrete who stopped and helped me get my bike off the side of the road. Thank you so much. So if you ever have any concrete needs, there's a free plug. The guy helped me out, there you concrete go. truck driver. Um but we were gonna talk about some barrel twists. And they started out with a one and fourteen barrel twist. Now, what when you go up and you up say, "Hey, I'm looking for a barrel. I want to buy a barrel for my AR." Blah blah blah. And they're going to say, "There's a what? What twist do you want?" And some people don't even know. So, what a twist is you, where it's that's one, to
3: do with chubby checker.
2: Yeah, one and seven to one and twelve to one and fourteen to to one and fifty eight or seventy eight. Mm. How it was back in the Civil War days. Um. It is how many times the bullet twist as a full rotation in the barrel uh, in inches. So if it's a one in 14, that means that for every 14 inches, the bullet's going to do one full rotation. Why is that important? Well, think about your favorite quarterback in NFL throwing a spiral. Dan, Ryan Leaf. Whomever it is. What? Ryan Leaf. (laughs) (laughs) Whomever (laughs) it (laughs) is. And you've seen them throw the perfect spiral that goes down the right. you know that goes 67 to 80 yards and you've seen the dead duck that is the not, Ryan Leaf ball the, the, <laughs> the, that is not so spiral and it starts to yaw. wobble yeah that you know we got wobble or a yeah. yaw and it starts to tumble in the air so it doesn't get as far so you have to have the the right number of turns per inch versus the length of barrel versus the weight of the bullet and it sounds super complicated but i am going to break it down for you <laughs> all right so if you're shooting a standard ar-15 that is a 16 inch barrel get a one and eight that's all you need no done done deal because it's, cut it in half cut it yeah because it's is yeah i mean it is it
3: one, so, one and eight, doesn't mean fifty five grain, fifty five grain,
2: seventy two grain. grain. Well, fifty five grain to seventy seven grain, really. Okay. It's gonna do everything you need it to do.
3: Okay, good know. Uh, one and eight.
2: A one and eight. A one and seven is gonna be better for the lighter grain, which is what most of them are. Most five five six rounds, a NATO five five, six round, is fifty five grains. And so you want, you know, you want a you want a one and seven twist for that. With a 16 inch barrel, are uh, they
1: all that, or, or can you get different
2: turns with different? Oh, it's barrels? gonna be de- yeah. It, it depends. Now, today it would be hard pressed to find a one and twelve or one and fourteen because everybody's making a one and sixteen. The, the 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 16 inch barrels are all gonna be between one and seven and one and nine. Got it. But don't forget, back in the day, the original M16 was made with a 20 inch barrel. So, those were all one and fourteen. Mm. And that's when – so think of a – you've seen it happen, and, and this is the best analogy I can use. The, the, the quarterback throws a, a spiral, and it looks great for the first 20 yards, and then it starts to wobble and it looks like that dead duck, and then it starts tumbling in over in. Same thing happens to a – Bullet. A bullet. Absolutely right. So without me – you know, we're on radio, so I can't, you know, show the... the
3: and he's waving his arms
1: like uh, crazy. Like crazy,
2: folks.
3: I'm telling you. Now, what about a lot of uh, ARs today uh, have a 16-inch barrel, but the last couple inches is a oh. break.
2: Well, the break is not part of the barrel. So,
3: so that's what I'm at. So is, are So should they technically look at that as a 14-inch, and would that affect... That would
2: those? be a 14-and-a-half-inch barrel, and then you should look at a 1-and-7 one, a one or 1-and-8.
3: Okay. Twist. All right.
1: Yeah. And that's now, in your spec sheet when you buy a AR. Yes. What the what the turn is. What the twist is what in the, the barrel. Twist is? Okay. So now you if
2: you have an eighteen inch barrel, you might want you know a little a little longer twist because so you would think well the tighter the twist the tighter the sparrow right like the smaller like the one in makes six, sense six, yeah. so then why don't I have a one and six or a one in five right because it's going to make it even a tighter sparrow well what happens is if it's turning too fast think about grabbing, you know, when you were a kid and you're holding your little cousin by the arms and you're going in a circle and you spin faster and faster and faster. Next thing you know. Next thing you know, you've, 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 you've lost your cousin. Exactly. You lost your cousin. They're hitting the the neighbor's, you know, recycling cans, right? right. Because, uh, and bullets are doing the same thing. So what happens is they hit a target no matter how soft, whether it's a twig or a leaf or soft flesh and it tears into a million pieces. Mm. Uh, so it's not; it doesn't have the the what we call the coefficient that it needs to have.
1: Wow! Well, I tell you what, that was awesome. We've been waiting for that answer. Barrel twist, barrel, barrel twist. barrel twist. Brought to you by Gun well, Range San Diego. Yeah, Before we
2: get out, let me you better hurry this. up. You're done. Some ammo will tell you that will give a barrel twist recommendation. Oh, you oh, want okay. that recommendation or lower, not higher?
1: That's a good tip. All right, let's go. let's take a quick break. Right here on Gun Sports Radio, when we come back. Richard Bailey is going to close the show. Mayor Coronado, Mayor Coronado, youngest letharg of knowledge. Not going I don't down. see a ring. I'm not going down that handsome road, brother. <laughs> I'll let you go down that road, folks. Right here on Gun Sports Radio, AM 1170, the answer. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio right here on AM 1170. The answer. Hey, do any of your family uh, keep a firearm or a weapon for personal protection? Do you have or are you going to get a CCW? Hey, if you were involved in an incident, what would you do? What is your plan of attack to pay for bail and a lawyer? Well, hey, if you don't have a plan, firearms legal protection does. For less than $10 a month, you'll have peace of mind knowing 24-hour hotline and legal representation is waiting for you in the wings, for you and your family, for $10 a month. That's firearm legal protection. Go to www.firearmslegal.com, firearmslegal.com, or you can call them at 469-310-9100. Forgot the website? www.firearmslegal.com. Get there or be square. All right. Hey, we've got the Honorable Mayor of Coronado, Richard Bailey. How you doing, bud? Hey,
3: doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. It's always good to see you. What news, newsy stuff have you got for us today? Well, for so for the November election, what should we pay attention to?
0: You know what? You're going to see a lot of attention around the governor's race, of course, with Gavin Newsom facing off against Republican John Cox. Mm. You're going to see a lot of attention what around. What do you
1: think about that
0: one? Get out and vote. Get out and vote. Absolutely. That's the only thing that's going to make it work. That's that's the truth. And unfortunately, just given the registration advantage the Democrats have in California, I don't expect that race to be very competitive. But I know John Cox, and I know he's going to give it his best. And if anyone can do it, uh, John might be able to pull it off. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see a lot of attention around that race. You're going to see a lot of attention around uh, the 49th congressional seat, the race to replace Daryl Issa. But more than anything, I think it's important for listeners to know that local elections matter. No. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And that's where you can actually make the biggest difference. So I'd encourage all the listeners out there to find a candidate that shares your values. Find a group like San Diego County Gun Owners that uh, can champion your cause, that can support candidates throughout the county. Uh, Lori Zaff, who's a uh, city council member from District 2 in San Diego, she's going to be in a really tough election. Uh, She's a Republican uh, incumbent running for running for re-election, uh, but yeah, that's the most important. The local elections matter, and that your vote your vote can make a difference.
3: Escondido, have you are you familiar with Escondido races at all? Actually, I'm not Ed, too familiar with the, Ed Gallo uh, is oh, yeah. an extremely tough race up there. in Escondido. That's going to be a tight one. Escondido is generally thought of as a uh, you know kind of a conservative stronghold. Absolutely, but uh, they have one Democrat on the city council, and Ed Gallo's in 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 some trouble. That's so if, right. if you're, you know, if you're listening to this now and wondering, well, gee, how can I help? I mean, there's a city that's actually turning right before our eyes, mm-hmm. you know, to a, definitely an anti-gun, uh, uh, you know, um, opinion, and uh, boom, there's some some place we can have we we can have make a difference.
0: Absolutely, and in in the case of Gallo seat, you know, that's a race that could be decided by as few as a few hundred votes. So if you're looking for a way to make a difference, and you live in Escondido, get behind Ed Gallo, and same thing up in uh, San Marcos where you have. Uh, the vice mayor of San Marcos, Rebecca Jones, running for uh, the mayor's seat there. She's a very pro-Second Amendment candidate uh, against a, a Democrat council member, Chris Orlando, who's who's not, not. a Second Amendment candidate. Who's yeah, not. Who's, not. <laughs> who's just frankly not. What was the voter turnout percentage? Uh, the voter turnout in June uh, this this past Tuesday was is right around, it's going to end up, up around 30 to 35 percent. They're still counting votes, so okay. it'll be somewhere between 30 and 35 percent. So one in three people voted. And I just want to say, you know, even if you don't
2: live in Escondido or Vista, but if you're in a community where your your candidate seems like they have a, a stronghold, but you want to make a difference, doesn't mean you can't donate money to someone Anybody, else. Right. Right.
0: That, that's a really good point, Joe, because there are a lot of seats where, because of the registration advantage, the candidate that shares your values might not have a prayer of winning, mm. but that doesn't mean you can't support a candidate in another district.
1: Well, yeah, and and I'd rather have you support it than just say, well, there's nobody in my district, I guess I won't vote. Absolutely. That's the that's the worst thing you can do. You know, and and, and I got to tell you, the the toughest thing that I find in talking to people is when you get that 355 foot ballot and you got enough ink on there that you could build a house with That's it for sure. I mean, I I literally told Michael, like, Michael, you got to do, something. you got to help me out, man. You got." And we did a whole show breaking down the ballot. Except, what my ballot, it was his ballot, so at least he knows what to vote. But I I don't know what we're gonna do because I think if we could make understanding who these people are better for the public, I think that would make a big difference. Because if I don't know who you are and I got to vote. If I don't know, I'm just not going to vote because I don't want to make the wrong vote. And I think that's why we don't see the turnout. It's because people. it's so
0: complicated. Right. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, the job of elected officials is to represent their constituency. So a lot of folks might not pay as much attention mm. to particular races, especially, you know, the the local races like for city councils and whatnot. And that's where it's really important for. Voters to find groups that they know share their values, like San Diego County gun owners, mm-hmm. like the Republican Party of San Diego County, like if you're a registered Democrat, like the Democrat Party of San Diego County, sure. And and look to those, uh, look to those organizations for advice on on who to vote right. for and but, why. And
3: when you have one in three people voting, I mean, when people say, "Hey, how can we make a difference?" We're in California. What was me? Only one in three people are voting. You know, turn right. that into one point one in yeah. three people, and you could pick up a lot of seats locally.
2: Well, you know, Dave, you're absolutely on the mark where you talk about let's change the the educational portion of it. There's so many people go out there and they just, and I, I hate to use the word ignorant, but that's what we are because we go out and we see something like Safety for All Act, Proposition 63. How many people voted for that seeing just the name of that act, not knowing what it really was? And that was a Gavin Newsom incentive to take our gun rights away. Mm-hmm. Labeled under something that was totally false. And so, thankfully, we have San Diego County gun owners. We have, you know, political officials, you know, like Richard here in the office who want to educate us and give us the right information. Well, I think if I had anything to do
1: with it, what I would would propose is TV commercials are free to anybody running for office. Okay. (laughs) No, no, I'm serious. A lot of candidates, a
0: lot of candidates love that. Right <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't they,
1: though? Wouldn't they, though? Now you're they thinking. Get
2: of, they get X amount. They that's,
1: get X amount. That's all they get. They get a certain amount of time, and then you're probably thinking, well, no TV station's going to do that. They're not going to make any money. Well, yes, they are. They sell commercials around it. And if it's Cox, then I sell commercials to people that are Cox supporters, you know, just to pay for that airtime. See, because that way, if, because, you know, Mr. Bailey here doesn't have all the money in the world, okay? So if he goes up against a candidate that's, that's got a Soros behind him, then, then it's not even. But if everybody got free TV and got a certain amount, even if they only did it one or two nights a week, everybody knew to watch, bring your pencil and pad and paper with you, and let each one of them get up there and do their 10-minute spiel, I think that would make a big difference. Because same thing, with the, same thing with, the, with the propositions. And whoever writes those propositions needs to go back to school.
2: 'Cause well, they are really confusing. If you do if you do go back to school and go back way, way back to school, you the, know. They did that. Right. And you know, I was a political science major back a hundred years ago, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. The media was was supposed to be the fourth
0: the branch voice. of the
2: government. Yeah. That would allow everybody an equal voice. An opportunity, And yeah. unfortunately, money got involved, and now it's all about who's going to pay the most money right. to get the most airtime.
1: And look well, at all the money that they pay to TV. That, then that money could go to other programs and other things within the, the community. I mean, we're talking millions of dollars here. I mean, we could, almost fix, race. we could almost fix the homeless problem if we would just stop giving money to print ads, newspapers, radio. I mean, Maybe yeah. not radio. Well, yeah. we <laughs> haven't. T- hey, have we hit you up for any money? Not yet. Not yet, but scared i Not scared. And, and, you know and <laughs> we're not going to. We're not going you know, to. So, no, we're not going to. So, so,
3: Richard, we talked about uh, uh, Republicans getting beat up on the state level and, and losing uh, Rocky's seat. But there was, up in Orange County, uh, a situation where Republicans had a fairly big victory with uh, Ling Ling Chang and, and, and over uh, Buden. Josh, Josh Newman, Josh right? Newman. That's he, right. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So, uh, Josh Newman, uh, narrowly won. he's a state Senator or was a state Senator. He narrowly won his race for state Senate in 2016 by just a couple thousand votes. And, uh, Josh was one of the, the deciding votes for a new gas tax bill. And uh, that is now going to be on the uh, November ballot to uh, repeal that gas tax. Republicans just hammered him on that vote. And, uh, Assemblymember Chang was able to uh, – so he was – Josh Newman was successfully recalled, and then there was a second vote to replace him, and Republican Assemblymember uh, Chang ended up winning uh, that recall uh, effort to replace uh, Newman. So if that
1: surprised California, you know, that Sacramento – Does that kind of surprise Sacramento that the people of the state really got together and made this happen?
0: Absolutely. So I think you have – when you have people like Carl DeMaio that really championed this cause mm-hmm. to – Uh, Not only repeal the gas tax, but also, you know, kind of take a scalp and send a message to uh, send a message to state legislators that, hey, you know, if you're going to step that far out of line, we're going to make you pay for it. Come uh, next election cycle. All right.
1: Well, I tell you what, I can't thank you enough for coming in today. I know everybody here on, on the station is thrilled, but I've got one more little plug to throw out there, folks. Are you ready for the deadline? I know Joe's not. The deadline is coming right around the corner. AR 15s as an assault weapon or made in, and you gotta make it California compliant. Well if you don't know how to do it, you can go to www.crossarmory.com for all of the parts to make your AR fifteen or AR ten compliant. They have a video. It's so simple, Hollywood could do it. Go to,
2: I've done it. I've got two I've got two rifles with their with their gear on it. That's right. They don't fire, but he's got all the oh, gear on, on yes, it and know. it looks
1: really, really good. <laughs> do get us in trouble. www.crossarmory.com. They'll even sit down and chat with you about it. So for the best and easiest way to become compliant, simply install them from crossarmory.com. Hey, we want to thank you all, and we want to thank our sponsor, San Diego, the Gun Ring San Diego, CA Firearms Law, Firearms Legal, Trident Gunsmithing, Cross Armory. And, hey, you can always get a hold of us at gunsportsradio.com. Gaskins, Dillon, and Balance. Yep. Oh, yeah. Did I forget Gaskins, Dillon, and Balance? Oh, my Lord. That's mess. All right, hey, we got wildness coming up next week. Right here on AM 1170. Yes, we do. The answer.